to the Power Hour on Verb Moto. Welcome to the Verb Pod Network Power Hour. I'm your host, Brad Gabhart. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you haven't already entered the Verb Edit Contest, give your head a shake. Honestly, just get creative. Put out something amazing, submit your offers, and honestly, just it's going to be so much fun. You get to see some cool footage that's never been seen before. How I also mentioned that this particular podcast is brought to you by RxR Protect. RxR Protect from France, but they have distribution here in the United States of America. Unbelievable chest protectors. I'll be wearing one at the Gypsy 500. I've already tried it on. I wore it around the house, and I did feel protected. And, uh, oh, they got guys like Ryan Brees. They got guys like Julian Beaumere, Cody Shock, and even Josh Greco. And Josh Greco hits the ground quite a bit. So you know he's putting his safety first when it comes to RXR Protect. They've got uh, the airbag technology that's going to keep you safe on and off the track. Because you never know when you might get jumped in the middle of uh, the, the pit area. Maybe you're Ryan Hughes and you're like, you pissed off Michael LaPaglia. Who knows? Uh, anyway, I'm going to introduce my co-host now. He's chuckling to himself as I continue to ramble on. Ladies and gentlemen, what's up how we doing folks i I know that exact video that you're talking about about rhino that's why i was laughing (laughs) but uh no that that is exciting money you own money i paid your dad all right screw you (laughs) you want to go you want a donnybrook (laughs) throw down uh throw it down i love it make moto great again but uh, no like ob rad was saying you got gypsy 500 coming up but along with that you got the Gypsy 50, baby, and pre-registration is now open. I know all you 50 rippers are wanting to, to wanting to get in on that, wanting to saw some front wheels off. Things get nasty when you get 50 racing, man. It's uh, it's throwing back to like uh, what was that, Mini Warriors three, where you had Emig and everybody out there ripping 50s. Oh, that's even uh, one of the original uh, Crusties, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. They had a segment. Crusty and, they were and uh, the 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 Moto Triple X when they had the yes. like, the, the fast 50s. And then, like, they kind of got crazy through, like, the mid-2000s when it was all yeah, the got systems and, like, yeah. like I'll not be, I'm going to be honest, like, when, like, MX versus ATV got kind of boring, like, you'd go on to, like, the free ride areas with the 50s and see how far you can jump. Uh, that was, like, the pinnacle. When, like, when, like, 50s took over Vegas and that was, like, possibly more entertaining than the actual Supercross, uh, and then it plummeted from there. But continue. Well, we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back is what I'm saying. The Gypsy 50 is the start of the revamp of the pit bike nation. Uh, I mean, pit bike of nations, I heard that there's going to be some scouting going on. So, you know, who knows? We could maybe see a a new team Canada coming out, new team USA, obviously Carson Brown's. I'd be, I'd be all for a new team Canada. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like we saw, I think one of you guys didn't even make the race last year for pit bike nation. So he was there. um, Oh yeah. Well, that's fair enough. He was on property only up from here. Uh, but no talking about gypsy 500 gypsy 50, that's all hanging out at mesquite as is World Mini, like I said, dropped the hobo stick, found out I'm coming, I'm calling the action, and that is the first weekend in April. That's April 4th through the 7th, and uh, I'm talking to my East Coasters, too. You guys, make the trip, all right? Everybody's been yapping about how they can bring it to the, oh, West Coast is the best coast, my ass. All right, well, put your money where your mouth is. Let's head out to Mesquite, and let's settle it once and for all. I'm going to be there. Brad's going to be there. You need to be there. And so be sure to check that out as well. Uh, now just scrolling through the Verb Shred Tour list, we got, that's right, Verbadilla, baby. Going back to Yuna Effendilla up there in New Berlin, New York. The accent is legitimate. It happens when you cross a straight line. Uh, and, and I'm just saying, 
my man JJ from J Day will not be back. He retired. He's hanging out over in the beach. Thank God. Because if somebody walks across the track one more time, I thought the guy was going to have a heart attack. All right, we're dropping the accent, but all joking aside, Verbadilla, uh, that was one of my first events. That's where the the bromance That's started. That's where the bromance started. Uh, and so make sure you guys are planning to go back out there. Unadilla, arguably one of my favorites, one of the oldest national tracks on the circuit as well. A little bit of off-road, so all my GNCC folks, all my Woods guys, you get a little bit too. Uh, and then, of course, ripping one of the most legendary tracks in America, I feel like. So be sure to, get to rip put the that woods on schedule. And you get to hit the sky shot. I don't know, like, I just, like, it's the two, like, worlds are colliding. And it's so much fun. There's tons of seat time. I really enjoyed that. Like, the actually, the, the only bummer about that event is you almost didn't get to see anyone all day because they're just on the track. Like, we're at the verb tent, just like kicking rocks around, watching kids uh, like drain the batteries on the uh, on the Stasis. But everyone that was competing is out there on the track doing the thing. Well, and it's it's like you said, you get to spectate obviously around Unadilla itself, but then you go off in the woods, and we were able to take some of the Surons out and scope the layout before racing even started. And I'm not a woods guy, all right, and I still had a good time. Was able to find a decent little flow going through the woods there. Had. Just a ton of fun all the way around. I couldn't imagine if I was actually on the 450 trying to dice it up out there. But like you said, I so I went to U2, which is the other track on Unadilla's property. That was where right. I qualified for Loretta's. And I was just seething with jealousy when I found out that the COVID year, they let them race on the actual Unadilla track. So this is one of the only opportunities where you get to race the real Unadilla out there that isn't the pro national weekend so yeah. that in itself is worth a trip and that is going to be let's see make sure we get it right may 18th and 19th mark the calendars highlight it circle it staple it on your forehead may 18th yeah. and 19th and that's earlier Verbadilla. than last year because i think last year was in june was it not i don't remember off the top of my head i know it was a little chilly still but it was pretty nice yeah. so i think it was at least like either late may or early early june i was about to say um, it might have been like the first weekend in june but yeah, that's that one's going to be awesome. Part of that J Day Off Road series, and, and like we said, a little bit of off road, a little bit of moto. So uh, whether you're scared to hit the jumps or whether you're scared to hit the woods, you've got a section to make up time in. And so we'll see. Uh, we'll see whether or not. I usually have some some guest stars pop out. I know Zacho's done that one. Uh, I think Brett Q was even talking about maybe Brett Q on the sky shot. Need I say more, ladies and gentlemen? So. Definitely worth marking on the calendar. And then Verba Palooza, June 15th and 16th. Red That's for all my West Coasters. One. I think that one's already confirmed. That, see, that guy's just throwing Lights have not forever. been purchased. But yeah, well, you know, know, he will be there. Absolutely. Yeah, he'll, he'll ride on that brand new steed all the way there if he has to. But uh, that's out at Washougal. That's, that is probably El Numero Uno on my list of tracks I want to see. And I don't know if I'm going to be at that one yet. So, uh, live, let me live vicariously through you guys, send pictures, Snapchats, stories, helmet cams, whatever. June 15th and 16th out at Washougal. That's Verba Palooza, baby. Uh, and all right, I'm going to need some more information here. The Pit Bike Straight Rhythm, is this back? Is it real? Oh, yes. Pit Bike Straight Rhythm is back at unit at the, at the Washougal. It's going to be so much fun. Brett Q is going to be there. Uh, he's taking on all comers. Uh, to challenge him for the belt. I don't know if there will be a real belt. Maybe he'll actually just give you his actual belt from his jeans and his pants will be around his ankles. But either way, um, yeah, they're going to build a straight rhythm course. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, it's pit bikes. It's, uh, I don't know if they're going to use horsepower hill as the straight, like, that, that would be bad. Uh, that was, the, but uh, I think that'd be a lot just of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward jump. to it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, attend this event. 
Um, Verb's pretty selective as far as who goes to what, and uh, sometimes it's a bit of a skeleton crew for that particular one. Uh, but I would absolutely love to be there. It's it's one of the my favorite events on the the calendar year over year, um, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to like we're going to have hot dogs as usual. Uh, I'm probably gonna if I do end up coming to that race, I'll have some heartbeat hot sauce on like a little holster uh, beside me, so that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Just like hey, you need a little bit of squirt. There you go. Um, we'll take care of business. Um, so let's get, let's get into some quick banter here. Let's talk about the Gypsy 500. Brett Q is going to be there. I am going to be there. You are not going to be there because you're going to be having the busiest. That will be after the busiest week of your goddamn life. You will. Like, yeah, I'll probably be in a deep hibernation after yes. these next couple weeks. So right. yeah, you're you guys have all that place, fun. Meaning your bed, uh, just like cocooned up um, after just like Gypsy right. 500. Right. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm knocked out. I'm asleep. I will be that way after the Gypsy 500 because uh, on my team, I have Chase Stallo, I have Dylan Jackson, and then I also have, um, I don't remember his actual first name, but he goes as like that CMXR on... CRMX, I think, on CRMX? Twitter. CRMX? Yeah, I think so. On Twitter. Uh, I have not yet met this young man. Um, I, I've, I've heard from those who have met him. He's quite nice. Um but I think the collective ride time, including the 20 hours that I put on a dirt bike every summer, is about 20 hours um, collectively throughout my entire team. So that will be interesting uh, going up against Wes Williams, who apparently just bought a brand new uh, Yamaha, either 450 or perhaps a 252 stroke. Uh, he, showed a four, he showed a four stroke in the picture, though. So I'm thinking he went uh, uh, easy button and, and grabbed himself a four stroke. Um Brett Q, uh, as well as, uh, well, he also then has, uh, um, Jason Crane. And then I would assume that, uh, um, they have, uh, Gary, Gary Reynolds on their team as well, uh, as, uh, as a fourth. Um, and then you're, I'm all, I'm going to get to meet Anton Wass. I'm actually looking really forward to that. Like the, the man behind the Stark. Uh, say what you will about electric bikes. I'm actually kind of, I'm interested to see what they're like to ride. Like I've never been on one before. Uh, no gears, no clutch, correct? Yeah, no, it is. It is no gears, no clutch. And I'm telling you right now, you'll be reaching for that clutch lever. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not there. Um, yeah, I know. If I've ever broken a clutch or if, if like a, a brake lever, like it's not there, but you are still grabbing for nothing. I could almost see somebody like putting a dummy clutch on there just for, for, for Would it just be on sake. a spring? Would it be on a spring? Like you're just like, yeah, I'd probably just, I'd just tack weld it in place just so you could rest your finger up there. Okay. But, uh, okay. but no, it's the power delivery was probably the most different thing. Now I was only, I was riding through the woods of Idaho. Um, and I'm not a woods rider, so I didn't want to get mm. too crazy, but, uh, I, I remember, I can't remember the guy who let me ride his, but he was like, look, I put it on level three. He's like, I'm not doubting you as a rider. Don't move it off level three. Trust me. Man, that thing is, I, I mean, if you've ever ridden like, like driven an RC car and you're just pretty much wide open and you can't believe how fast that thing's going, it was the same with me. I mean, the control once you're going is, is just like a, a regular motorcycle, but it's just, it doesn't sound the same. And the pole is, it just never runs out of gear. It just keeps going. And so, yeah, I'm pretty excited to see what you've got to think about it. If you're able to jump on one, especially a faster course like that out there. Um, it's definitely, a different experience, but it's, it's a whole lot of fun, whether people want to admit it or not. The one thing I'm really interested to see what happens with gypsy is first of all, I know that track gets like ungodly rough, 
uh, just over the course of a week racing on it because I was there for the not only World Mini last year, but also for the Thanksgiving race this, uh, this last November. Um, but they have a jump that goes out of the track and onto the off-road loop. I'm interested to see what happens to that face because eight straight hours of guys jumping out of the track essentially um, is going to have that thing beat down to the point where, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be uh, signing myself up for that late in the day, perhaps earlier on. Uh, if if they make it a little bit easy, I don't know, like honestly, I'm not going to be on my own bike. I'm going to be on a KTM 300. Um, but uh, we are expected to bring that thing home in one piece. So, uh... and we now interrupt this broadcast to bring you a very special announcement. This is the Verb Moto Arena Cross Runback. What's going on, race fans? This is the Verb Moto Arena Cross Runback. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and also with me on the line, an Arena Cross expert in his own right, when he's not in the trees, calling all the action for the GNCCs. Zach Heron, welcome to the show. Look at that, Brad. It's early for you to be rhyming already, man, but I'm excited. We've got a ton of Arena Cross action to cover, and with only a couple of rounds left, it is anybody's guess who's going to be taking this 2024 title. Oh, it's early in the morning, my friend, but we are moving, shaking, and we are moving like an 18-wheeler heading on to Daytona, or Daytona, or Daytona, if you happen to be Chad Reed, but this is going to be an amazing weekend. We have all kinds of racing, but we're going to focus this particular show on the Arena Cross Series because there's so much action going on. There are so many different storylines. Michael Hicks being injected into the series. He's been racing in the General Tire Arena Cross Series for four years. He's a four-time champion in that series, and now he finds himself in the friendly confines of an AMA Arena Cross Series. He's going to be on a Rock River Yamaha, which spells a problem for our current champion and points leader, Kyle Peters. That's going to put a thorn in his side if he didn't already have enough of those already. Absolutely, yeah. No, there is a ton of action going on down in Daytona. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm going to be down there. we got the GNCCs. We've got the Arena Cross, the Supercross, of course, and then... Moving to the backside of Daytona Bike Week, we've got the GNC or the Arena Cross doubleheader event, which I think in its own right is going to be a make or break situation for this entire series. But talking about this upcoming round this Friday there in Daytona Beach, I mean, the action, the energy, it's, it's everything that makes Daytona Bike Week what it is, right? It's, it's just a spectacle in its own right. You've got the choppers, you've got the sport bikes, and then we're taking things to the dirt or bringing the dirt into Ocean Center there in Daytona so we can do battle for this 2024 Arena Cross Championship. But you hit the nail on the head, Brad, as if the drama wasn't wasn't hot enough, right? As if we couldn't already not get enough between Ryan Brees and Kyle Peters, the battle for the championship. So it seems we've got, like you said, some injections into this season. And what are the chances that we're going to have a four-time Arena Cross champion facing up against another four-time arena cross champion two different series but two different gentlemen that consider themselves the top dog in arena cross racing michael hicks over there in that gt arena motocross series he's been doing good he's been handling business much like kp has over on the ama arena cross circuit but as we've seen one is a lonely number and there can only be one guy at the top step of the podium these two guys they're puffing the chest out they're saying hey you're the four-time champ i'm the four-time champ there can only be one top dog in arena cross and so this has been an ongoing battle from what i understand between kyle peters and michael hicks a little bit of chirping online a little bit of chirping in the pits as far as who who's the real top dog of arena cross and so this is going to be interesting to see obviously michael hicks 
jumping over to the AMA Arena Cross Series. But as if that wasn't spicy enough, he's on that Rock River Yamaha, which not only fantastic motorcycle, fantastic team, fantastic opportunity for Michael to perform well in his own right, it's also the same team as the number one contender to dethrone Kyle Peters at the moment, which is Ryan Brees. So we're going to see a lot of interesting dynamics. I'm not saying I'm expecting team play. I'm not expecting any kind of tricks or anything like that. But it is definitely something worth noting. Your top contender for the title right now, teammate, is a four-time champion and is also definitely going to be going for the number one of Kyle Peters. Not to try to ruin the championship, but to try to show that he is the top guy. He's definitely not going to be getting out of the way when your leaders come around if he finds himself out front. Now, You've also got a little by a little guy by the name of Marshall Welton. Maybe you've heard of him. He kind of hauls ass on a motorcycle. Uh, yeah, Marshall also jumping over to the AMA Arena Cross Series. Going to be on a Yamaha as well. But Marshall's a good buddy of Kyle Peters. They're both here in the Carolinas. They've they've kind of grown up together. So I'm not expecting any kind of uh, craziness from Marshall Welton besides twisting that right throttle and trying to run off with the best finish possible. So. What if you're not already getting the picture? We've talked about the points breakdown. Nine points separating Kyle Peters out front with the red plate right now behind Ryan Brees. At the moment, Kyle Peters could finish second behind Ryan Brees for the rest of the season. No problems. He gets that fifth title. But you start injecting riders like Marshall Welton. You start bringing riders over like Michael Hicks. You start bringing riders over like X-named Supercross rider because I've heard a lot of different rumors. So many I can't even tell which are true. But there is definitely going to be some big names jumping over from Supercross to try to dip down into the Arena Cross Series, see if they can get a piece of the pie as well. Now what that does, it creates a whole new set of chaos for the podium finishes and provides an opportunity for Brees to quickly make up the nine points or for Kyle Peters to cement this championship early by getting a great finish, getting a win, and maybe seeing Brees have some bad luck, find himself off the podium. So it is do or die for both the 200 and the number one right now. Absolutely. Uh, one thing is very clear when it comes to Rock River Yamaha is they are fully invested in winning this championship and putting their team in the best position to do exactly that. With Ryan Brees... As the flagship rider, you have essentially two teammates now who can not only possibly run his pace or faster, but that's going to basically uh, thicken the mixture when it comes to those reverse starts having to come through. Maybe that works in uh, in Ryan Brees' favor. Maybe that actually works in Kyle Peters' favor. The honest, Honestly, I think this is just going to make racing so much more exciting within this series. You're going to have more top-end talent, and guys fighting for position. And don't think that Isaiah Clark, Jared Jared Lesher, all those guys are going to just take kindly to new talent coming into their series and wanting to establish themselves. Don't forget about the nuclear element. Cody Groves is not going to be happy about a bunch of Supercross guys and who the hell Michael Hicks is coming into his series and making a bunch of noise. That guy has been the, the the class clown and the guy making a lot of noise in that series, and he's not going to be happy about having some people in there who are potentially taking his slice of the pie. And you as well as I know, when Cody Groves is hungry, don't take his pie. Absolutely, yeah. Cody Groves on that Suzuki machine, not a guy to be messed around with. Um, and, and I think you've seen a lot of growth from Groves throughout the entire season. He is really starting to come into his own. Yeah, he's got a little bit of that class clown element to him. He's got some great interviews. I love listening to him on the microphone, but he does have the right hand 
figured out. He does know how to twist the throttle, and we've seen him consistently getting better results throughout the season. Definitely in the mix to play spoiler throughout the final couple of rounds. And to your point, yeah, these guys, I don't want to say they're territorial, but they might be a throwing up the dog leg, letting them know, hey, you're in my house now, buddy, and you're going to have to work to get past me, whether it's for first place, fifth place, or just to make it into the main event. So it is going to be exciting to see how your entire AMA Arena Cross contestants welcome over these new riders, whether it's from the other Arena Cross series or from Supercross, because they have a championship on the line. We've seen it in other racing series when the new guy comes over from a different series. Normally, they try to stay out of it, right? They don't want to cause any championship drama. If we don't have drama in arena cross, then why are we even going racing? You know what I'm saying? So we have got drama to the nth degree, battles that we were expecting for first and second. We could very well see for fourth and fifth with some of these other riders jumping in. Like you said, Brad, great point. The inverted start becomes a lot more complicated when you have five to six riders that are genuinely capable of taking away a win. I mean, Kyle Bitterman, another great name. You know he's looking to cement his name on the top step of the podium towards the end of the season. All of these AMA Arena Cross contestants, while there might be two riders in a championship battle, they are all still looking to get their name on the top step of the podium, take away the money, take away the champagne, and really let these guys puke over whatever they have left over. If you want to you wanna go for the win, you're going to have to get it around me. Isaiah Clark and Ryan Brees both just last weekend jumping over to Supercross do we see a benefit from that? Maybe a little bit of confidence, maybe uh, a little bit of like, hey, I was able to do it over there in the, in the big stadiums. Now that I'm back here, uh, you got a whole new amount of intensity. I got to see how those guys do it. Now I'm bringing that back over to Arena Cross. So it is anybody's guess. Starts are going to be absolutely crucial. The Daytona circuit or the Daytona track always breaks down significantly, gets super rough, even for an Arena Cross track. So you're going to see some tough t- track conditions. You're going to see some tough competition. And as always, you're going to see some great racing in the AMA Arena Cross Series. Here's the bottom line. Kyle Peters needs to win some races down the stretch in order to secure this championship. Technically, yes, he could get second in every moto out and still get it if Ryan Brees is in first place. But I don't like those odds. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not playing that game. Uh, knowing that I have to get a bunch of seconds. He needs to do some winning, and he needs to do some winning now. Kyle Peters wants to win this championship. He's in it for five in a row. And if it means if it means enough to him, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Because he's been working hard on this. He's been, he did, did not go down, out to Supercross to go make some extra money. I, honestly, I don't even think that Kyle Peters is in this for the money. He wants the prestige. He wants to be in there with Buddy Antonez and have his legacy as an arena cross racer, being one of the most dominant and successful racers of the sports history in general. And I think he's going to establish himself. He's going to go win some races. And because Kyle Peters has been doing that for four years now. Absolutely. He has experience, and he's got the speed to do it. Yeah, no, and I think you you've – got the perfect point in the sense of there's no excuses i can i can tell you i know for a fact uh the phoenix racing honda team they're expecting a fifth championship honda is racing or honda racing is expecting a fifth championship kyle peters is expecting a fifth championship you you talk to any one of the team any one of those guys coming into the season their goal was to walk away with that number one plate once again and that is that is a tall order whether you've done it four times already or not and so it is it's uh a lot less room for error, if you will. Second, definitely doesn't taste as good when you tasted first for that long. And so I completely agree. Kyle Peters, he's had a nice little little reset period, right? Like you said, didn't go out the Supercross. I'm sure been putting the time in, been pounding the track, been searching for anything. 
maybe not even searching, maybe just building the confidence, finding finding some comfort in where he is right now, believing in himself, and you can bet your bottom dollar that when the gate drops in Daytona, Kyle Peters is going to come out swinging, and I completely agree. He ain't looking for a second place. The man ain't interested in silver. He wants the number one spot. He wants to beat everybody straight up, and he wants to show that I've done it before, and I'm going to do it again here in 2024. This number one plate is mine. A lot has been made of Kyle Peters uh, obviously being frustrated and visibly upset after some of these races, uh, not attending the uh, the champagne portion of the, the, the podium ceremony and whatnot. Um, all that tells me is that he's fired up, is that he is as serious as a heart attack about going back to the drawing board, finding the solutions that he's going to, that he needs to win this championship. He's not here to make friends. He's not here to chum around to him. This is very serious. This is his livelihood and this is his legacy when it comes to arena cross. And uh, yeah, I think that's the motivation he needs to be able to surpass not only Ryan Brees, but uh, whoever else that Rock River Yamaha or the rest of the Arena Cross Series throws at them. Because there's ex- there ex- extremely talented racers throughout that lineup who all want to take a piece out of him. But he's also gotten the better of every single one of them at some point during his Arena Cross career. Absolutely, Brad. And, and I think the fact that we see Kyle Peters showing the emotion, right? Clearly not happy. Guess what? Good. All right. That's what I want to see out of somebody going for a championship. I don't want you excited for second place. All right. I think it is crystal clear. Kyle wants to be in first or or nothing. All right. It is it is win or say die out there for Kyle Peters. I think you're starting to see that mentality for Brees as well, where he has got the, the confidence. He's really built himself up throughout the season to where he knows he's in this fight as much as anybody as well. He's only interested in the gold spot. Then, like we said, insert name here. Marshall Welton, Michael Hicks, uh, uh, Isaiah Clark, uh, Kyle Bitterman. The name, the list goes on and on. That's four right there. There's only five spots inside the top five. You get Last those guys a good yeah. start, or like you said, well, it, it, absolutely, yeah. As far as I know, they can't uh, be side by side on the top step of the podium. And so for me, like we said, what was originally kind of a, I don't want to say a, a foregone conclusion, right? That that Kyle and Ryan were going to find themselves up inside the top three arguably battling for wins now it's anybody's guess they don't get a good start the the inverted start in the second mains start to go a little haywire you're not able to get up to the front within that first lap things are going to get extremely complicated and picking your way through the pack isn't going to be half as simple as it used to be even throughout the early parts of the 2024 season no i agree and if we're going to talk about ryan Brees, uh one thing that has surprised me and impressed me throughout this season is his ability to figure out that second moto with the inverted start. He's been winning races. And then like in the early portion of this, of the series, that second race was essentially his kryptonite because that's when he had hemorrhaged a lot of points. Like he was able to either get a first or a second early. And then his second race was either he had a one DNF. He had, he had a couple of fifth and sixth, just sort of mired in the middle because it's tough to work through those lately. He's been getting mid pack starts. And after a couple of laps, He's got clear track in front of him, and he's he's uh, just putting some time in before he starts running into some lappers. It's been really impressive to see him figure that out. The other thing that I've been noticing about Ryan Brees is after these wins, he's all smiles. And almost to the point of, like, he's just he's playing that, like, kind of a smiling assassin. Like, it almost drives you more nuts than if he was if he was aggressive towards you. He just sort of, like, the, there was after the one race, he sort of, like, went to, over to one of the triples Kind of like goes to the crowd and then looks back at Peter's like, hey, you good? All right, I'm going to talk to my people now. And just like hands in the air, 
people going nuts. He's playing in the crowd. I'm sure the arena cross guys absolutely love him over there. Uh, and it's been great, great to see because honestly, this is a guy who was not scheduled to race this series like four months ago. This was not even on his radar. And he was going to race, he's going to race one round, get ready for supercross and head on off to uh, do the rest of the season uh, in the, the ranks of supercross where we've seen him before. We've seen him have success, race a lot of main events in supercross. And uh, he's parlayed that into a bid for an arena cross championship. Pretty cool story. Absolutely. Without a doubt, all eyes are going to be on arena cross on Friday night. And then a week later, Friday and Saturday, the double header as well. Uh, but I, I think talking about those second main events, I think what I have noticed, the biggest difference between Kyle Peters and Ryan Brees, Peters, he has that, that quiet confidence from those past championships, right? For me, at least it seemed like Peters has had the confidence of knowing, Hey, I don't have to rush these first couple of laps because I almost always find myself at the front of the field by the time the checkered flag falls. I'm able to pick through. I'm able to get the spots that I need and get to the front of the field by the time the race is over. Whereas Ryan Brees, he kind of makes things happen. You watch him. He's he's forcing the issue early, right? He's not very methodical. He's more like a wrecking ball. Move or be moved. I'm coming to the front. I think now you've had to see a change in strategy for Kyle Peters. Hey, that's the way this guy's doing it. And he's going to be at the front by lap three. Now I got to be at the front by lap three for, for us to have a battle for the rest of the main event. So um, I think both of those riders have adapted their strategy in that second main event. They've got to find their way to pick through the field early. Arguably, most of them are coming from the second row if they have a successful first main event. So you're, you're going through the entire field. Peters really seems to like that inside line in the first turn, cuts, you know, underneath a bunch of the other riders, usually pops out just outside the top five, maybe just inside the top five. Brees, I've seen him go wide a couple of times, leave the throttle hand locked open and, and, you know, pray to God that he comes out clean on the other end. And so far it's worked. Both of them have found themselves up front early, but both of them didn't have the names that we're going to have this Friday at Daytona. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, we're going to have uh, a ton of talent injected into this series. It's going to be extremely exciting. Um, and I, I'm sure that Kyle Peters is happy about none of it, aside from the fact that he's a gamer and he loves to race. That's why he continues to do this. And I think he's licking his chops, bring them all, Bring what, run what you brung, and uh, we'll see where the chips fall when the the night is done. You're going to be down in Daytona, are you not? Absolutely, yeah. So my plan, uh, like we said, Arena Cross essentially kicking off the two wheeled action for all of the Daytona Bike Week. That's going to be happening Friday night. I'm going to be in Palatka, Florida, about an hour north for the GNCCs on Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to miss the Supercross, which I am bummed about, but mm -hmm. excited for the GNCC series. Uh, and then we'll see whether or not we're going to be able to find out. Uh, if, if I can visit the Daytona doubleheader, if not, I'll be in Georgia, but definitely planning on being at this first Daytona round because man, not only is, is the riders going to be there, the industry is going to be there, right? You've got so many people from Supercross that are planning on going to Arena Cross Friday, then Supercross Saturday. So the crowd is going to be absolutely insane. The track already looks phenomenal. I've seen the videos. It looks like they got the track almost entirely put together. It is going to be. A historic night of arena cross racing for sure. One of the biggest crowds we've probably ever had on hand. And I think one of the deepest fields that we've ever had on hand as well. So, uh, absolutely. Kyle Peters needs to be, uh, channeling his inner Jocko Willink, right? You want to bring the supercross riders? You want to bring the other arena cross riders? Good. That's just more opportunities for me to show that I am the number one and this championship is mine. So it is, it's anybody's guess. The, the cards are set. Now we just have to see how it all unfolds here this Friday out in Daytona. 
Absolutely. You have yourselves a great time in Daytona. I can't re- wait to see you hear all of your stories from Razzles on one of the, the particular nights. You'll probably be popping bottles uh, along with uh, Ryan Brees or Kyle Peters. I don't think Kyle Peters is kind of the popping bottle kind of guy, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, guys, appreciate everyone for taking some time to listen to this. Shout out to everybody over at the Arena Cross series. We love you guys. And uh, yeah, this is Verb Moto signing off for the Arena Cross Runback. Yeah, um, but it's time for a block pass brought to you by Race Tech Suspension and Engines. Uh, Race Tech Gold Valves, increased bottoming resistance, increased plushness. You're going to enjoy yourself if you go to Race Tech and get yourself some gold valves. I have them in my bike. I absolutely love them. Uh, my friend over at 383 Ride Dynamics put it in there for me. Uh, Chris took care of that for me. Unbelievable job. And I'm sure that they have a race tech service center near you that can do the exact same thing. Question for you, my friend. Biggest surprise from Arlington doesn't necessarily have to be a good surprise, but what were you surprised about? I'm taking a look at the results right now. And I mean, I think the obvious shocker is, is the Forkner situation and we'll touch on that here shortly, but, uh, I'm trying to look for some some really standout riders. I mean, I think Tom Vial is a good good talking point for sure. I think he surprised me, but also didn't surprise me in thought in that I didn't think he was capable of it. It was just nice to see him like execute, right? And so I think Vial was a good one. Um I'm gonna say my biggest surprise walking away from Arlington is is Max Anstey holding the, the red plate. Yeah. Maybe even more surprising is that Pierce Brown sitting second in points. But <laughs> That one is definitely a, a head scratcher. There's, and I think Cody Shock's third, right? Third or fourth in points. Yeah. yeah. It's just like that's your consistency going for you, right? Obviously you have, in fact, I, I think that Forkner is not even like, obviously he's not going to be able to rejoin this championship. Unfortunately, uh, I'd like he's, if I don't think he's been released from hospital. If he has, he is. Yeah. He's back home. I saw his okay. uh, wife, fiance. She gave an update that they were back Fantastic. home. So. So, um, and we'll talk about his crash. Um, like, yeah, like he won't be able to rejoin this championship. So that's kind of a moot point, but the rest of the guys, like you have Cameron, like every single person that was on the podium was in that, uh, was in the crash from the week prior. So they all had terrible results, backed that up with unbelievable results. Aiden Deacon gets his very first win in Supercross, which honestly is to- like, uh, Jason Wagant said it on the broadcast. It feels like he pro- he, must have had a couple based on how, how we, like we, how we perceive him and the notoriety around him that he is surprising that he hasn't had one yet. And he has had some really fast laps. Of course, he, uh, ran up against, uh, Hunter and Jet Lawrence last year, uh, not only on the East Coast, but then also, uh, when he, when they were doing the, uh, East West shootouts, he finally gets that win. Uh, but yeah, the biggest surprise for me, Arlington, is the fact that Cooper Webb was able to just bounce back and just go ahead and, and win. Like, Obviously, like both both wins ended up coming on the end of someone crashing. Like someone had to crash on their own in order for that lead to change place. But uh you have to be in it to win it. And yes. Cooper Webb put himself in a position to be able to to pounce. And it's not even like that uh Jet was down for that long. He couldn't have been down for more than two or three seconds, but it was long enough for it to get by. Uh and then obviously on the last lap there, um they just run into the back of Vince Freezy, which like, I understand if there's people who are like, just like, they lose their mind over Vince Freeze, 
Uh, like he like got in the way of like, like he's like he's he gets a great start and guys he's are running everywhere. The back of him. But yeah, he's everywhere. It's, he's just it's everywhere. Like every like, hall, at, every highlight, he's there. There's at least three times where someone was trying to get by him, and but like whether he like I don't think he has eyes in the back of his head. And like in that one whoop section, like Jets coming back, uh, co- coming at him from like what 60, 70 feet away. Like if I'm in the middle of the whoop section, you're in the corner. Like I don't know you're there. If you if yeah. I by the time I get to the whoop section and I'm just easing my way into the corner, like if anything. He probably saw some blue flags and was like, oh, the leader, not the leaders, are coming right. through. He probably thought it was Jet. And he's like, oh, I'll go to this side so that, like. Yeah, he did get to one pass. end of the track. Like, right. and, and I've seen a lot of people essentially saying that Vince is the reason Jet didn't win. And I think there was, what, two or three corners left after the whoop section? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and and I don't think I don't think people give Cooper Webb enough credit. I think that's been the story of his career. And Basically, yeah. That, that, I think the chip think, on his shoulder was planted there when he's like 14 years old. It stayed there well, and he's even talked about it. You know, thanks a lot, Adam Cincerello, because it's like every ever since then, he has been the guy where I want you to doubt me. I want you to to think I'm not in this. And every preseason, the big media, it's just no. Oh, well, I don't know. Cooper Webb might have it this year. He might not. You know, it's just. And, and I mean, I definitely think the uh, the summer off for him was huge. I know just having some friends that know him personally in North Carolina, yep. that was a big mental reset for him. But this guy is extremely confident when he gets things going his way. And, and I think you saw a very raw interview with Cooper after the race, essentially saying, "Hey, man, I was I was doubting myself, but I tell you what, when Cooper Webb starts using words like pissed off, mofo." And he says, ass, you best believe the guy is feeling good because, man, he, he starts to get that little snarl about him. and get that it's just, smirk. Yes, it, he enjoys it. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a, a nice – B-word, little, Bowers. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's – uh, I think people underestimate just how defensively Cooper could have rode those next couple corners, whether Vince is there or not. But, uh, yeah, I even had in, in the show notes, Vince was extra magnetic at Arlington. Like, it, it seems like a conflict magnet, but man, oh man, he, he kicked in the extra for this round and he was getting his TV time. I'll put it like that. Sponsors have got to be happy because when this rider went down, he was there. When this rider went down, he was there. And when this rider went down, he was there. Yeah. No, he's Johnny on the spot when it comes to, uh, uh, the storylines throughout the, at least the 450 class, but, uh, let's, let's go into some site laps real quickly here and talk about, uh, get a little bit more in depth on this crash from Forkner. Um, the one thing I absolutely hate about stuff like this is that, like, obviously, like, he's had injuries before. He's had big crashes before. And immediately some, I see comments like, again, or of course, and, I honestly, in this situation, I don't think that's fair because like in a situation like this where the guy like goes wire to wire, he's clearly faster in the heat race. He immediately takes the lead on the first lap of the main event. Um, it was all going the way you, like you expected to when all things are right with Austin Forkner. And like this is a, like the catastrophic end. To a very small mistake, or you know, I wouldn't call it a mistake. This is that he gets wheel spin coming out of that corner and doesn't get the drive. It's kind of, I wouldn't say it's an awkward obstacle, but you could jump on to that table 
but it also wasn't really shaped that you'd be able to like jump on and then like over top. So like I saw a few guys that did end up on top of that. They'd almost have to like check up and roll. And he's just traveling too fast to do that. And then as soon as like, cause that transition comes up way too quickly and he just goes pitched over the bars. It was extremely scary. He hits the deck. Like the fact, like the funny thing is, is like we talk about like, Oh, like no dragons back and nine whoops, but we have pavement. 13 yeah. feet away from one of the biggest jump lines on the track. Like if we're, if we want to keep our guys, like it, like we're going to talk about rider safety and keeping our stars in the sport. That might be something that needs to be addressed. That is, that is a, an egregious safety precaution that maybe needs to be made. Cause he, he was maybe 20 feet in the air, 15 feet in the air and landed directly to concrete. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think this, this crash is a perfect example as to the difference between supercross and motocross. And, and, and yeah, I was actually talking with my dad about it and, and it's all day long. I watch race day live. I watch qualifying Dino. Absolutely. Um, and all day long, 250 and 450, that section, you watch these guys come wide open out of a corner. They pop that front wheel up and they manual off the backside of that single to that jump so in. Badass, though. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's one of those things where if you don't know what you're looking at, you don't get it because it looks so damn easy. But if you do know what you're looking at, lap after lap after lap, yeah. you're like, God, like I just, I suck so bad. But you had one of those in, uh, in Toronto. Oh yeah. Uh, he was one of the, he was one yeah, of the Kings of it. Yeah. And then he, like, you know, who's really yeah. good at those is Mitchell Oldenburg, but continue on. So I, I think, you know, watching the, the endless replays of the crash, it's a matter of, I want to say a foot, maybe even less, that yeah. he came up just a little short. It threw, threw his weight forward, but those transitions are so aggressive and so quick that, and I think a lot of people also don't understand how stiff the front ends on, are on these bikes. They're so when you see thing. him go into that and it blows his hand off, like, like it's a, yeah, hey, uh, tighten your suspension all the way up and then some, cause I mean, this is super cross suspension and, and yeah. you're getting a taste of what he's dealing with. And it just is enough to, to compress and spring his ass. I mean, God, that was just, it was so ugly. And, and I think the, it was a high speed crash. I haven't well, gotten, I was like, say, easily I, I was, probably I, I 30 to 40. I, yeah. I, oh, I, oh like, I literally, I think, I think you heard, I was like, some, oh, yeah, you heard some raw emotion from Ricky there. Like, like, I heard a lot of people, oh, do we have Ralph Shaheen back? Like, oh, no. But, I mean, as somebody that's done it, Ricky, you could you could hear. He knew that was an ugly crash. And yeah. so, I, I think it's, there's a lot of questions that come out of that. And, and I mean, while while it is, it's great to hear that he's going to be okay and that he's on the mend, um, I think there's a lot of learning opportunities. I know there's a lot of people upset about the medical crew having him up and walking now I'm not a medicine, you know, I'm not in the field of medicine, neither are you. Yeah. I do trust that Doc Botner's been there a long time. He was alongside. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I have to believe that the proper safety precautions were taken. But right. back to what you were talking about, the exposed concrete, the the plywood, even, you know, we saw Cooper Webb, I believe it was last year or the year before, get pogoed over yeah, get pogoed over the front of the bike to his back on the concrete. Um there has got to be something. Right. And I don't know what it is. I know people even said like your little puzzle piece foam mats that you get from Walmart. Maybe you could do something, something with that. But I think what a lot of people have to understand is that's going to be another semi 
that has to go to each and every race because it's going to be a ton of foam mats. And, and so there, there is a, there's a cost to it. Now, do I think that's a valid excuse? Absolutely not. If we're not protecting the riders, we're not protecting the sport. And so you've got to, you've got to find this happy medium. I know there's a lot of talk about airbag technology, both on the riders and off the sides of the track as well. I don't really know how that feels because you also don't want to have something that interferes with the rider if they go off the track still on the motorcycle, you know? Right. And, and so it's just, it is so scary to see how quickly that stuff goes away. And those top guys, you know, it, it's, I, I, one of the, the crashes that sticks out to me is uh Tomac's 2015 crash where it was like when he broke both the shoulders oh, yeah. on, on Geico, like outdoors. And, and it was one of those ones where, man, you, I didn't even realize how fast he was going until you see when it goes wrong. And, and it's, it's just, those guys are so technically sound and they're just hitting their marks each and every lap. When it does go wrong, it's catastrophic. And, and I think even your local riders that are, are good on a local level, they don't appreciate that until they're there in person and until you try to actually do it. And even some of your arena cross riders can, can testify to that. So it's, it's tough. It was an ugly one. It was one of the uglier crashes I've ever seen. Um, I'll be the first to admit I wasn't the biggest Forkner fan when he first came on the scene. I thought he was a little cocky, but man, I, every time I've, I've heard an interview from the guy, he's, he's humble. He's taking the hits. He's, you know, trying to come back out positive. And, and I mean, I can't help but be a fan for him. I mean, I, I was mad or I was bummed out about the crash because I was going to talk about how badass I thought his tactical gear was. Like, I was like, that was, good. That was sick. Look and good. it was cool to for it was like, like, <clears throat> not, I, I was my watching, like yeah. not my favorite font. Not my favorite font. And I'm yeah. nitpicking. And but, I would uh, be known to do that. But well, but his, and it, he even said, that's my personal stuff. Like, this is something that I enjoy doing outside of racing. Like, I think that was cool. And it's cool to see that. Um, he wanted to try to show support for the military, you know, by showing his interest in that stuff. And so it's, uh, it's tough because, cause I really like what I was hearing from him from the Rhino camp with, with what he's been doing. And, um, I mean, you go and watch the broadcast. They were praising this new Austin Forkner that's not rushing. Is it? And I don't think it was his fault. Now I did hear, I think it was his dad that posted an update. Supposedly his contact came out and he said, I'm not making an excuse. But I do think that that might have played a role, especially if it was just one contact. Cause like, I, I have, yeah, I have one eye that's much worse than the other. And it's like, if something goes awry with that, then, then your depth perception is off. And, and like we said, we're talking a couple of inches that things went wrong, but yeah, it, a couple of inches makes all the difference. And so I'm told. So, you know, it's, uh, it's just a bummer. I, I was really excited to see him. I was I was cheering for him in this championship. If there was one guy that I thought had the right speed, riding style, and personality to be a nice rival to Deegan, not that I'm saying it's over by any means, but just those two, um, I think it would I think it would have been a fun one to watch. So uh, yeah. glad to hear that he's on the men. Glad to hear that he's not requiring surgery or anything like that. But uh, definitely not only a, a tough loss for for Austin, but a tough break for the series. You know, for this coast and and for the racing together. Yeah, no, it is a huge blow to the series. Um, it's like you got a lot of guys who are behind the eight ball now. Obviously, your your points leader is Max Anstey, which. Like he's got a seven point lead, so there's a chance he holds on to that a little bit longer. Um, but honestly, I haven't seen a lot of flashes from Max. I haven't seen a lot of really, really positive things. Like obviously he's been consistent enough to have the, the, the points lead after two rounds. Um he's yet to have a podium, which is odd. 
Strange, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, in fact, like, it just, I, I, I need to see a little more from, uh, like, honestly, like, he's one of those things where because there's so much action happening in the front of the pack, you just don't see some guys throughout the day. Um, so I just haven't seen enough from Max to really get a good feeling on whether or not he's going to be able to truly, truly fight for this championship. But it is a huge, huge blow to the series. Uh, Deegan uh, gets his first win. Ghost rides the bike, kinda. Uh, didn't really send it like his old man did, but I don't think I think that was ever... smart. I'll yeah, be honest, was... I think that was smart on his part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll chalk the, uh, the interview up as this. Hayden Deegan has been looking forward to this moment in his life for, is he 19? Something like that. Since conception, I would argue. In, yeah. Like, like his old man's been looking forward to this is a lot longer than he's even, you know what I mean? And, um, He's a 18 or 19 year old kid in the moment. You're like, your mind's going wild. You finally like, because the, like, not that I think he has any doubt in his mind that he was going to be able to get this done. But at some point, like, there's like, like there's gotta be some moments where something kind of creeps in and like, what if I can't do all the things that like, there's like literally thousands of people online who say I'm the guy. And that's, that, that's, confidence yeah. but that's also pressure that pressure. like and to like have all that sort of boil over and it like it kind of like it jumps into your lap because you're like you're like in his mind he he's he's like he's putting some pressure on Forkner. Forkner makes that mistakes he capitalizes uh it's a storybook ending for him and he's just pumped and he's excited i think most 19 year olds wouldn't really be able to just like sort of be in the moment and be like you know what like i'm fortunate to be here uh, thoughts and prayers with Austin. I hope he's all right. Blah, blah, blah. We're in this championship now. Like, like to deliver a, a podium interview like that, I just don't think is realistic to expect from a 19 year old. Well, and, and I think there's something to be said about just the natural personalities, you know, cause I'll argue that Jet could, could maybe do that. I'll argue that Travis Pastrana could and did do that. Um, Perhaps. but, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a new era of, of people, right? It's what is required to be, you know, on the pro scene at a 19 years old is probably a lot of time away from public schooling, away from not social interaction in general. But, you know, I, I would argue that Hayden does a lot of talking to a camera or to somebody behind a camera as much as he does face to face, you know, cause I mean, right. I think that's a, a super solid point of it as well is this guy is arguably on the same level as the sport as far as popularity goes. I mean, there's people that don't know anything. Every GNCC race on the Race for TV live broadcast, we get at least 12 when is Deegan racing because it's just when he raced at Loretta's that we, I literally saw over a 5,000 viewer spike when Hayden's going to race. It's insane. The following that he has. Yeah. But I think you, you hit the nail on the head. This is, it's an individual sport in the sense of, those guys are individual athletes out there. Whether it's a teammate, whether it's an arch rival, whatever, their goal is for them to win. And and like you said, each one of those riders is giving everything that they can and putting it all out on the line for their opportunity to be on the top step of the podium. Many of them never will see that, right? Yeah, so lots. I completely agree. I've, I've seen a lot of, you know, man, you shouldn't be celebrating like that when your main competitor is down on the ground like that. Now, if, if Deegan cut over in the air and sent, you know, sent Forkner off the side of the track and caused whole crap, completely different story whatsoever. But I agree. Deegan was there. Deegan was maintaining, maybe slightly closing the gap. Pressure was being applied. 
while I don't think Austin was, oh my God, Deacon's behind me, Austin knew he couldn't let up. Right, he's not. Yeah. He's not going out for in a that Sunday moment, cruise. Austin's like, he's focused on just dropping his own damn lap time. Like, he yeah, getting... I, exactly. I don't think it's it's oh I've got to do this. It's just oh I've got to keep hitting my marks. I've got to keep yeah. this pace up. And so, you know, a mistake from Austin, which whether it was a contact, whether it was wheel spin, whether it was just one of those things, it was a mistake. It happened. There's nobody else that caused it to go. You know, for for the crash, it it happened. It's ugly. Those guys. A, I don't know how well Deegan would have seen that crash because I know he was back there, but I don't know whether he's watching Forkner. I mean, it, you're talking milliseconds here at this point, but yeah. the red flag never came out. He was off the track, so I think the only thing you saw was a yellow flag. Yeah, which, I mean, like he don't was, get he me was wrong. Almost two seconds back. Right. And so he's probably coming out onto the, the section. He, yeah. I'm sure he saw Austin crashed and I'm sure he heard the crowd and everything like that. Yeah. But I think another thing is, you know, a ton of red cross flags, a ton of, you know, arguably, I even thought there was a chance they might red flag it, but he was off the side of the track. Yeah. And so this is a brutal sport. We sit there and talk about broken femurs and broken arms. Like, Hey man, it's just part of it. You know, if you're lucky, you'll get a rod in and you'll be walking within a week. Like we're a, we're a screwed up sport in that sense. And so yeah. I don't think there was anything going off in Hayden's head. Like, you know, Hey, this guy is arguably life, you know, life threatening. That was, that was a scary crash. He did say, I'm bummed that he went down. I was looking forward to us battling and being competitors. And I think the rest of it is, yeah, just a 19 year old modern day kid that is pumped up. I think the celebration was appropriate. If he'd have launched that thing off into the crowd, that'd been one thing. But I mean, I, I think it, it, if anything, it surprised me because I didn't even think about it because I was thinking about Austin at the moment, but it was a nice little, honestly, it was a beautiful ghost ride. The bike downsided the tabletop and yeah. fell over onto the tough block. And so I don't, I don't even think like Mathis or anybody could be mad because it honestly, the bike didn't get hurt in it. No. But, uh, I think it was, you know, a cool little celebration for the Deegan family. That is a big deal for, for Brian and for the whole family. And then I don't think there was as much disrespect intended as people are acting like there is. Dude, did I know in that moment that I go, Ooh, he's going to catch some stuff for that? Yes. But do I think that he meant that in his heart of hearts? No. Yeah. And that's also, it's 2024. So unless you have like the most perfectly rehearsed, uh, word choosing yes. interview ever. You're going to piss off like, um, X amount of people watching. Uh, if, yep. if someone, if, if, if he had gone like over the top, uh, like, um, uh, remorseful for Austin, you'd get like then 10% be of people being like, yeah. dude, why don't you just claim it? You just crushed yeah. it, bro. Like yeah. there's those people too, which is like awesome. Good for them. I hope I'm glad they exist. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was a, <clears throat> Obviously, uh, a, a great night for uh, for the Deegans. They get that win and uh, heading off to Daytona to a place where I think that's going to favor the kid. I arguably, I think uh, Hayden is better outdoors than he is indoors, and I think that's only like that. They, he's actually one of the guys who I think is like in his career. Those two things will actually start to equal out. Yep, I think he's, I agree. He's more like his his aggressive style works more into his favor outdoors. And as he starts to become more calculated, those will only start to even out and become a little bit like he's a, he'll be a double threat, um, like indoors and out, uh, 250s, 450s. I know in the, the press conference, because he, he like, he mentioned a couple times, like, Hey, I want to get to the 450 class at some point. 
Uh, he got asked like four different times if he's going to go to the 450 class next year, which is like asinine to ask him. Uh, yeah, just... like the, the guy, like he's not going to go into the 450 class until he has to. Um, but, and I, I don't, and like he, the, the crazy thing about Deegan is that there's a lot of like, like, and this is something I wrote in my article is a lot of riders like, Oh, I hope to do this. I hope to do that. He's like, I'm going to do this. Like he's like, Oh, I got to get my titles first. Like it's yeah. like a foregone conclusion. Which you could talk, you could call that as cockiness, but also like I'll use the other side of the coin is like, no, this kid is like dead serious as a freaking heart attack that like I'm gonna do what it takes to win these two championships. I want to go back to back, or I want to like defend my title, and then I'm gonna go to the 450 class. That's where the real money is. That's where the contracts are. That's this that only because right now he's not making gear money, although he's probably getting something from that. Uh. Like this, that, and the other thing, he'll be able to wear whatever he wants, uh, whether he, he wants to be in, uh, 100% goggles or whatever. Uh, he'll be able to make all those changes and, and be his own person. And I think he's excited about that. And, but he also knows that, uh, he needs to have some success in the 250 class along the way. So I think he spends this next year in the 250s. Uh, and then, uh, honestly, I, I would imagine that's probably going to be it because I don't think, um, I don't want to throw shade at, say, like a guy like, um, Cameron McAdoo, but I don't think that he has the the ability to run with uh, Deegan weekend after weekend and and keep it on two wheels. Uh, I just haven't seen that from 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 Cameron. I haven't seen that from uh, from Anstey. Like Anstey last year had a had a, a DNF in Detroit that was basically derailed his whole season. Like he uh, he had the win, um, but that that would spell the end of it. And like I was, I just I don't I think the the rest of the series is going to be the Deegan show. I really do. Yeah, it's going to be, it's, somebody's going to have to step up. I think, uh, I, I've been kind of quietly watching Chance Hymas. Um, I still don't think he is getting better, but I just think the, the step forward is bigger when you go to Deegan, right? Like, like it might be a, a, a half a step up to the next rider in front of you, but it's, it's a big step to get where Deegan's at. And he's got this kind of like what you were just talking about. He's got this old school aggression that I think as it, tapers down and he gets a little more technical finesse then he's going to be this this double threat i mean in a lot of ways i would argue that he's the counter to jet because jet is just this ballerina-esque just floating and and i mean clearly it it works both inside and outside but deegan is almost this a little more carmichael-esque in the sense of like i'm just going to leave this thing wfo and you know hope to see checker flags first. And, and I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to his, his early interviews in the night. I'm, I'm ready to bleed for this. We're going to war. Like it's about time. Somebody's called it like it was like, I, I honestly don't get me wrong. I love the sportsmanship. I love everything like that. But I, I a hundred percent believe that he is willing to take anybody out, make contact. He's willing to put double-sided stickers on his bike so that he leaves his sponsors on you when he smacks into you. Like, it's, it, it, we're coming for the win. And, and I think the, the beautiful thing about the Deegan family in general is what are you going to do? Make them the bad guy? Like these guys have been the bad guy their whole life and they feed off of it. And so yeah. I think Put it's, me in that I, I dare you. Yeah. I can't wait. If Eli Tomac ever retires to number three and Deegan grabs it, they're just running a full Dale senior scheme. He's, he's going to become the intimidator because I think he's just one of the only guys that can genuinely say, I don't care. Don't like me. Like, have a problem with me. I, I want you to because I'm still going to beat you. Yeah. No, I, I, I've said this on the show before. Um, like, 
Hayden Deegan, Brian Deegan, the whole Deegan family, they can, they, they act that way because it's, it's entirely genuine. They don't need your approval. Um, they did, they've done just fine in their lives and they're, they're, they're successful and they're, he's able to, and, and, <clears throat> uh, Hayden has been able to, to put his, uh, his riding where his mouth is. Like, I'm going to go take care of business. And guess what? Took care of business. Like, exactly. That was a, he's, he's the SMX champ. That's the reason why he's got those god awful high vis numbers on his dirt bike and, uh, purple number plates. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's well on his way. Uh, to, uh, making his way to the top step of the, the current points, although it's going to be a fire pyre Honda at, uh, Daytona, which is good for those guys. They work super hard. So, uh, last couple of things that we got before we, uh, move things over to the verb thought line. Like you said, you can ask, you can ask some questions at verb moto on Twitter, as well as you can just email me, brad at verbmoto.com. Um, triumphs were not triumphant. Yes. No. Yeah. Um, just. Not a great day for, uh, it was a, it was a press day crash for, uh, for Ferry. And then, uh, in the main event, uh, ended up getting, uh, hauled off was, uh, the 33 machine of Jalik Swole. Uh, he looked like he was, uh, he was, he's going to need some repairs. Uh, I, I had a lot of people ask whether or not, um, Triumph is going to have to put somebody on that bike for Daytona. Honestly, I doubt it. Um, I don't, I don't see them bringing somebody in, uh, on a short notice. Um, I know a few guys that have been riding the bike, but I, not in Supercross. So, uh, right. yeah, yet to be seen. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be curious for sure. I believe, uh, I believe Swole went down in the same section as Fortner actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't at least read any official update as far as what the injuries are, but just a, just a tough look for the entire team. I, I mean, once again, whether you love it or hate it, like I think it's cool that Triumph is is in the sport now, and yeah. and I mean I'll give props where props is due. I think they've had a hell of a of a showing, you know, as far as hey the bike is able to compete. Um, I, I think their riders are, I think they were smart choices for a new team and stuff like that, and so it's just tough. Obviously, I feel like Evan. He, he hasn't had a chance to prove himself yet. He hasn't had a chance to line up yet. And so, well, he did line up, but you know, hasn't had a chance to exit the first turn yet. I yeah, guess. Yeah, he was sleeping. It's, yeah. I mean, it was that, that was ugly. And I mean, that's, that's gnarly in itself. That's two, two weeks in a row right there for Evan. And so, um, tough, you know, our, our thoughts for, for little red dog and then for Jalik, um, had, had a decent showing. I feel like at the, at the first race, but, I think was definitely looking to improve and I think was on the right track to do that in Arlington. And just like I said, in a split second, things go wrong. So yeah, I, uh, I was one of those people asking you about the, the triumph fill-ins and, and I'm curious just because I, I don't know, especially as much as triumph is, you know, they've been waiting on this coast. They've been waiting on, you know, this for, for everything. I do think it's a, it's a big opportunity, especially being at Daytona. That's one of the, you know, that's one of the most, yeah, that's pretty big. And so, um, I don't know. It, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I agree with your point though. I don't know who would be willing and comfortable enough to do that. The only that person would... I know who's been riding that bike in Supercross, and I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but it's Jared Lesher. Yeah. Lesher's been over there putting some time on that thing in, in Supercross. That's do you the think only Lesher person I can think of. Away and I don't think from... they'd do it. Because Lesher is also going to be in Daytona at Arena Cross that day, so right. do you think he? I mean, because I I don't know what your what your numbers would be looking at, but I'm assuming that would probably be a bigger opportunity for Lesher. Yes. So, right. if they 
if they did that, like if I'm Jared Lesher, I think of the fact that like, hey, I, I like Arena Cross. Arena Cross is what I'm doing right now. Um, but like the goal is super cross, super cross. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I um, like it's not like he's been crushing it in Arena Cross. Like I don't think he has more than like, I don't think he even has a podium in a moto yet. Cause like as much well, as that's I'm what I was about two say. strokes. Yeah. It's, it's that's... tough to compete on that right now. And so I don't know. It, it'll be, it'll be curious to see. I, I didn't realize that he was doing, was riding that. And so, um, I mean, I do think that presents an option, a feasible option now for, for yeah. Triumph. That's really the only person or, 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 um, oh. yeah. Uh, call me crazy. And this might be too crazy, but, uh, the one, the only Ivan Tedesco. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't, wouldn't that, that be, be like, so cool? And like, and then like comes out and just like double, double birds to Adam C and Cirola and just runs the nine. Oh, just no, no cares in the world. Just, yeah, I'm going to borrow this one, son. Yeah. Like you ain't, like you ain't using it right now. Can I have nine? Can I have it back? Ooh. Cause like, I think I actually Ooh. did more with it. Hey. Um, Ooh. but, uh, yeah, no, I, that, I would, I would love to see that. I don't see that happening either. Um, but I'd love to see the two time champ back in there. Uh, is, is it time for the verb line? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Verb so, line. Uh, um, these questions were, were posed to not only at Burb Moto on Twitter, but also me on Twitter. And, uh, a few came in through, uh, the email. Uh, we picked the best three and, uh, yeah. How about we th- throw it down there? Uh, Zachary. All right. So we've got Courtney Jackson from Lakewood, Colorado. We get some good turnout coming out of Colorado. Uh, yeah. all right. So what do you prefer when a rider's gear matches the color of their bike or when it contradicts? This is a good question. I, I have gotten in many arguments over this because I appreciate both and I feel like it has to be done tastefully. Tastefully. Yes, exactly. And there's like, like you can't have a blue helmet, red gear, yellow gloves. No, one black, you can't one white be boot. rainbow. Like, one. Yeah. It, there, there is too much. I, I will definitely say that, but that is often, like, that's also why I often go with a neutral helmet. Yes. I've got a big old cue ball right now and I love it. Yeah, I either, goes go, with everything. I either go mostly white, mostly dark. I've also noticed that like, like a black helmet will go with most things. Although, if you're looking for someone to find you, take photos, know that black helmets are tough to like pick out. Like when I got yeah. a black helmet, my dad would take pictures of people or p- take pictures of the races. I'd get like eight, ten photos of like other people. Yeah, who he thought was yeah, it's it's definitely. And on the flip side of that, like you've got. uh like you could go Josh Moseman style and get the neon orange helmet, which I've, I've never been a huge, there was, there was a well, phase that's just there for a while. That's just no, I know, but there was a, there was a trend there for a while, at least in North Carolina where everybody had like a neon orange helmet. And I just, I could never get on that one. And I'll so say this, my, to this day, my favorite paint job was a Troy designs helmet. And what my dad, I, I loved the helmet. It was a rhino replica. I wish I still had it. It actually got stolen like four or five years ago out of our trailer. I like if someone could find that helmet, I would pay way too much for it today. But it had a small bit of like blaze orange on the back. And like my dad could pick that helmet out anywhere on the track. And I, I, I always like that. Um and yeah, my new shades of gray helmet should be here this week. And if it's not, I'm really mad at you, Josh. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, because I, I sent him two Fox helmets a fucking year ago. And, uh, I had like, I forget what they look like. Fox has come out with a new helmet. They're out of date. 
and they're still new to me. Fantastic. Love it. Continue you'll on. Get you'll get them eventually. But no, I am, I'm going to say I prefer when it contradicts. Like that yeah. has always been some of my favorite. Um, I agree that it's got to be done tastefully, but even like some of the, the old, like the, the verb originals with Dino on the, mm-hmm. on the PC ride where he's got the red Thor gear, the white, I think he had a black helmet. And like it just, it just fits, it fits well. Red and white gear done. on a Cowie. Yes. yes. As, as Cowie guys, we can appreciate. You can, uh-huh. you can do some, some tasteful stuff with that. I also but like I will say. Blue now gear on, the, on a Cowie. I agree. I agree. Now I will argue in, in sake of matching your bike, like, oh, oh, four speedy reedy, man, just blue and white head to toe. Oh, I have I that just, one. Oh, I just thought it was so clean. Like just the, the big gear. force helmet, man. You had the, the nice gear, the white, a, uh, I think he was running a stars. Like uh-huh. it just, it was just clean. There's no other way to put it. Just clean. I think MC 05, he had that red Thor gear on his Honda. Like, but then like the red there's that black one... look that like the only time I'll say that like red really looked good on a Honda, obviously MC that always looked good. Um, but Yogi. We're talking yeah. uh, boys from uh, out east. Yes. Yogi 2000 or 1997, 1998, 99. Those years, especially when he rode like the mostly the, the black jersey with the red on the, uh, the mm-hmm. wings on the sleeves. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. both and can be done menace. correctly. Yeah. Both can be done extremely, extremely well. But, uh, I, I think like I do get bummed out sometimes at like your, like pro circuit, I feel like is probably the best example of it where it's just the same gear. Like for a while, it was like you had the pro circuit edition Thor gear or when they switched over. Yeah. Like, and that's their, that's their kit. That's all you're getting. That's all I they're running. I do like that the Fox guys have forced them to switch it around though. Yes. Yes. Like I, and have, I think like, the gear company have, have a home third. base and yes. then they have like, they well, same thing with Star that, and like, Thor. every other weekend. Like, yeah. Thor has like its kind of base sets with them and then they'll go off and like, I like that Thor with Star will split between the riders. Like, so yes. it's like some of you are wearing this gear, some of you are wearing that gear. And so uh to answer your question, Courtney, I think we're both in agreement. We prefer when it contradicts tastefully being the key word. So, yes. all right, jumping down. Although I will, I, last thing I will say on this one though, uh the, the one time that I thought matchy match was like maybe at its absolute pinnacle was Chad Reed Paisley gear. In 04 on the two stroke. That yeah. is Chef's Kiss. That that's was, how it's that, done. That was that's special. how it's done right. Yeah. If you're yeah. gonna do it, you do it like that. That was also like baggy. That was like yeah. like those yeah, same was... pants today are like a 36, and then yes. like the, the, the jersey is like a, <laughs> like a quadruple XL. Yeah, people would, would scream at you if you wore that jersey now. What are you wearing? A tarp behind you? But yeah, I, uh, oh, I, yeah. I, I wish I like this is an audio podcast. Although I could pull it out for the video portion, I have a Pedro Gonzalez jersey that looks like a fucking dress. Mm. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see the way things have come. I was I don't I might have been joking with you about the old like Alessi Alpine Star short sleeve jerseys. Yeah, yeah. When that was going on for a while, it's we went through some trends, man. We we had some wild times. But oh, yeah. uh, all right, Adam Cohen from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. Says who's got the best Let dirt the in the U.S. Man. Oh, definitely. Who's got the best dirt in the U.S.? Texas was so red, but is there a best dirt? Uh, I don't think you can really. I think a lot of it's personal preference. Yeah, I mean, totally, there is this, definitely, is this is so subjective because it's like, like if I'm from Oklahoma, I like my like red Oklahoma clay. Like no tomorrow. Yeah, I, was, I was about um, to say it's got to be 
got to be probably your home. Even even with majority of the riders living in Florida, <laughs> like I would say that if it's a Cali guy, they're still going to prefer Cali. Like I don't it's even just, think almost... Cali guys like Cali dirt though. Really? Oh, like, okay. Well, speaking as a guy you, who's never have you ridden in Cali, Cali? So, no. Okay. <laughs> no. So I always say like I've had this like I've even talked to Kiefer about this and and Dennis Stapleton like in California you don't ride in the dirt you ride on the on dirt. it that makes sense out east you ride in the dirt like yeah. you're like when you go to like places like Bud's Creek or you go places like Red Bud um I would I will argue that the best soil to build dirt bike tracks and like it's not it's not the best every single day of the week but in the Midwest, where you have that like chocolatey brown, lots of clay, maybe you have to like mix in some wood chips or some sawdust to sort of like help it break down regularly. Um, that is, that is the ultimate as far as being able to build stuff and have it stay th- that way for a long period of time. And then obviously you're going to have the advocates who are just absolute sand monsters who will choose the cocoa brown sands of a place like Southwick every day of the week, twice on Sunday. Um, so in my opinion, I, I think I'm going to go with Midwest, um, like around Millville. Like Millville has some of the best dirt. I know you haven't ridden there. I love that track. That's the track that I would go to for uh, a qualifier that I wouldn't qualify at or um, or an amateur day where I would make an ass out of myself at the 250C class. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, like I've gotten to, I, I will say like, uh, like Unadilla U2 was just super rocky. So that was definitely probably not one of my favorites. Um, but I, I feel like, I do feel like North Carolina, not to just, you know, say it because it's my home state, but North Carolina's got some awesome setup and we do have a little bit of everything in the sense of you go to the coast and it's some deep, deep sand. Um, there's this one track, West Craven. We'll give them a shout out there. They've got, they call it the moon sand, man. It's, I have literally watched the bottom fall out of the sky for 10 minutes. And you don't even realize it's rain. Like it just, it absorbs it perfectly. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a clay guy. Like I, sand is tough and rough and I'm neither one of those things. And so, um, it, it starts to beat up my little hands and makes me all sore. And so, uh, I, I like the, I like a little bit of rut. Like I'm not just like a full vet rider. I don't want any ruts or anything like that. But, uh, and I will say, although it was super rough, everybody out at Loretta's, Obviously, as they should, because it's probably the biggest race in the country. But that stuff is usually pretty, pretty well done in the sense of um, not only the way the dirt runs, but the way the dirt progresses throughout the day. Because uh, I think that's a lot of it, too, is you might have good soil at practice, but by the second motos, it's just an absolute dust bowl. So um, I'll, I'll say Loretta's. Why not? As far as just dirt. Now, don't Ooh, get me started on the I- track, but I'll just say the dirt. Loretta's has good dirt. I'm not going to lie to you. And for those who uh, may have keen ears, I did just get a delivery of uh, my coffee thermos from my beautiful fiance, who was upstairs playing hooky from work because she said it was uh, the the weather conditions were too adverse for her to drive to work today. Um, Didn't uh, think you guys believed in that. Too much heat on that because it was the the winds were coming uh, 80 miles an hour and uh, there was snow involved. so yeah, maybe 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 a good choice for her to stay home today. Um, but no she thanks. did just bring me a, a delicious uh, carafe of coffee that I now have a new fresh cup of coffee. And uh, yeah, we're gonna continue on with this. Um, so yeah, I think I think the best dirt is at 
I was gonna say, you know what the best, where the best dirt is? It's at your favorite track. Wherever you're riding. Rains. Yeah. Yep. Like that, that's where the best dirt is. Because like, you could have the best dirt on like a track that you're not familiar with. That like, you don't really know the jumps. You don't know the transitions. You're not in your regular flow. Um, and it, it just doesn't go. You know what I mean? Like the best yep. dirt is at your favorite track when the prep is mint. And, and you happen to get a great start and uh, you're out there with the boys. Maybe you got a few cold ones in the cooler uh, and you're taking care of business. That's where the best dirt. Um, and, and maybe it's in Wisconsin. Uh, let's, let's go to the last one here. Who, who's, who's that last question from? So we've got Wilson Markham uh, coming out of Alpharetta, Georgia. And he says, okay, so here's one after the, after the Supercross. That was arguably Forkner's biggest crash, arguably. Uh, what, was each one of your biggest crashes? You you got to have one that uh, comes to mind because like one, uh, um, yeah. If they can come to mind, because I know to you to flip like, through the the yeah, I was about to say Rolodex, yeah. um, if you can even well, remember the, it. The one I was told looked really bad. I don't really remember the whole weekend, but um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I had I had one that like I genuinely don't remember the race. I don't remember. Like pretty much any of it, but it was a, it was a local race. And back in the, back in the schoolboy days, I was on the 125. So it was just, we always seemed to get paired up with like an open C class or something like that. So it was a, it was a bigger gate, but it wasn't people in my class. And I was usually a pretty good starter. And for the, for some reason, I'm just like right beside everybody, like just got a terrible jump. It was a concrete start. And. I, I, the only reason I know it was because I saw a video of it, but essentially it was just a domino. Like this guy fell on the side and, and he hit the guy next to him. And that guy just kind of like, uh, honestly, like he did a full VL where he just went across and just slammed into me. But, uh, yeah, I pretty much rather than, than crashing to the side and getting thrown off the bike, it like stuck in my bike. So I flipped forward and just got shit whipped essentially into the dirt. And I'm just. Just, I mean, absolutely pancaked out. And that was, that was probably the, one of the longest that I've ever been knocked out as far as just like, didn't do anything wrong, really. <laughs> Wasn't my fault and nights out. Like just, it was, it was pretty quick. It was, uh, it was towards the end of the straightaway too. So we were going pretty fast. But, uh, besides that, now I have had like a full dismount off the bike one, but believe it or not, I was able to walk away. Isn't it weird how some of the violent, like the most yeah. violent crashes, you walk away unscathed, but like when I destroyed my knee, I was going maybe five miles an hour in a corner. Yeah. And yeah, the, the, the five mile an hour knee injuries are, are way too common. Um, and then that's why I run my CTI knee, knee braces, uh, every single day of the week, twice on Sunday. Second time I've used that saying in this last 15 minutes. Um, <clears throat> but, I'll, I'll tell you, I, like, unfortunately, uh, I've harnessed the force of gravity on a dirt bike way too often. Uh, and before I give you a few of my better ones, I'll preface this. Which do you, like, which is worse? A big crash that you don't see coming or you leave the face of a jump and like, you know, it's all fucking wrong. And like, it's almost in slow motion. Is that worse? Yes. So, so the one that I was talking about dismounting off the bike. Yeah. Rear tire has not even left the face of the jump yet. And I know A, I'm coming up a little short. B, I am going to Indonesia. And C, there's not a damn thing that I can do about it. And that is hands down. Like you said, it is, it is, uh, like every second is a year 
Yeah. And you're just, oh, no. And, yeah, just flapping, praying the wings pop out of nowhere. And, uh, yeah, I will definitely say the two to three seconds usually of just, uh, you know, full Ricky Bobby, I'm flying through the air. This is not good. Just I, is terrible. Like, and you almost are worse. Like, you feel worse about that. Like, your stomach is sick because you've had two seconds of just pure – Oh no, oh no, oh no. Like, I, I hate to say it, but like, you know, Forkner had time to think about it. Like, oh yeah. Like, like that's he, the thing that sucks. Is when he, he got was, draped over the bars and then sprung up, like he's in the air. Just waiting, just yeah. waiting. And oh. then the sound, like, I hope that he would have got knocked out right away. I don't even know if he was fully knocked out. Yeah. But, I, it looked like he was, but, and I hate to say that I hope he was, but yeah. yeah. It, but when his head hit hit the hit the pavement, the sound of that helmet on the on the pavement must have been like a crack. I'd like to see that helmet, honestly. See yeah, and shout out to our friends like. over at Bell because I, I he does have a concussion, but like no helmets rated for that. Well, that's what um, I was about to say. I mean, that, that's yeah. Good, good on. So him yeah, to see I will that. I will say knowing your crash is coming is worse. Way worse. Okay, so I have one where I actually ended up unscathed but this photo has actually circulated uh around the internet a dozen times i get tagged in it probably once a week um there's a picture of a kawasaki looking very chopperish leaning up against a fence that's my dirt bike number 95 on it i has uh, the, the dumbest the dumbest crash i had like you know you you put your transponder on your the side of your your fork uh leg well mm-hmm. Uh, because my dad didn't put on, or, or me, I could have easily put it on there. Because I did not fixate a piece of tape to keep it on the outside. Kawasaki CDI boxes. You're a Kawa guy. Where's the Kawasaki CDI box? Right behind the front number plate. I was about to say, it's right around on the inside of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's right, right on the inside of the front number plate. So what happened is it, it turned around. And as I came out of a corner, I couldn't straighten my bars. Like, I was, like, full throttle and, like, basically, like, arcing off the track. Well, there's a jump no right, out of the, right out of the corner. So I'm, like, basically just, like, veering to the left, or I guess that's to the right. Like, and as I land, like, the my tire gets caught between a fence post. Like, there's a chain link fence next to the track, which is an awesome place for it. Um, it The bike does a 180, snaps the triple clamps, and I'm, like, I, the the crash ends with me sitting at the end, like basically at the base of my front wheel with my bike having done a 180 and I had some scratches on me, but for the most part, that was like not a bad one whatsoever. Worst crash that I actually got injured in was one of the last times I dislocated my shoulder. Um, first ride of the year, best shape in my life, 2018 feeling awesome. Brand new gear. I was head to toe in this. Like, remember when Fly came out with that like Raven stuff? It was like, yeah, like, yeah, oh, dude, I was good. A black helmet, uh, a pair of black Oakleys on, looking unbelievable. Did a couple of laps, feeling good. And there was this double heading down this hill, a natural double. So I was like, oh yeah, like next lap, I'm hitting that thing, no problem. We got this. Well, didn't I come up just a hair short? And by a hair short, I mean probably like a bike length and a half. So when I like landed into it. I just like whiskey, like just go, piot, and 
what's on the other side of that of the landing is like a hill gotta be 40 50 60 feet down like so i just oh, like no. yeah i took off and i'm just free falling <laughs> all the way to the bottom and as i land i, I get whiskey again yeah bike rips out from underneath me i dislocate that shoulder um oh. and then i have to like and the, the track was it wasn't like a regular practice track it was a buddy of mine's track like a sand track out in the kind of the middle of nowhere so i'm like walking out like holding my arm in like the most comfortable position it can be in dislocated i also oh. i'll send you the picture of it it was fucking brutal that's um, a gnarly one he's texting me from the numbers oh canada Um, side note. Side note. I have, I have stuff to take care of. Um, Brad doesn't know so how yeah, to that's, that's my biggest crash. That's my biggest crash. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I mean, some of the, like, obviously, I, I would genuinely say probably the one that destroyed, like, did the most damage to me was my knee. And like I said, it was a qualifier. It was raining. And I was trying not to tuck the front end in the rain mm-hmm. and was going super slow and tuck the damn front end in the rain. And so it's, uh, it, it's, it's just, it, that almost pisses me off more is it's like I was barely moving and I, I, you know, destroyed something on my body. Whereas I was hauling ass and at least it looked cool. And I somehow walk away. Like it just doesn't quite seem fair on that end. Sometimes I'll say that two, two of my, like the, the scariest crashes or like ones that hurt the most were like high speed, high sides. And they're both yes. basically the same, the same corner or like same style of corner. It was a sweeping corner coming after a jump. And as I landed, like the back end stepped out mm-hmm. and you're just a fucking passenger after that. Like you're a projectile because you keep moving and the bike just goes, I'm going to stay here. Yeah. It's and, like as the suspension's coming up from landing, the back end kicks up just yeah. a little too much. And yeah, it's, it's, you're, and I around. mean, you're not even along for the ride on that. You're just going, going flying. Yeah. I, I pop the back of my head and the next thing is funny. This is one that I, I remember very vividly. I don't, I remember like, first of all, I was ripping prior to, like it was probably the best always. I've ridden in a while. You always are before you yeah, go Yeah, you're always just hauling ass. Bike and never then, ran better than before it blew up. I remember going into this corner. I remember the back end stepping out. And the next thing I know, I'm sitting on my bike next to the track, talking to someone being like, how did I crash? Yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't remember the, the crash. Yeah. I don't remember getting up. I don't remember people like, scrambling it was a practice day but i remember like i kept asking this jim frederickson guy i'm like how did i crash he keeps looking at me like you've asked me that like that yeah yeah as a little kid going riding with their dad one time yeah i i remember crying one time as a little kid because that keeps asking me the same question i don't know how we're gonna get home oh my god oh yeah it was i've both as as a as a kid like thankfully i i did now i did have my dad uh, he broke his foot in four places, his ankle in half, and his heel loose from his foot, casing an uphill triple. And I was the only kid with him. And I lost my crock earlier that day, so I was running around barefoot. But that's a whole different story. But, uh, yeah, it's – and then as an announcer, I've seen a couple of people go down that are only there with their kids. And it's it's brutal, man. Like yeah, like I said, it's we're, we're a strange sport in the sense of, like, oh, you only got knocked out? Like, oh, it broke a collarbone? No, that's nothing, man. That's a rite of passage. Feel this one, and I feel my bumps. Like, yeah, or yeah, if, it, if it's just a collarbone, ah, oh, collarbone. Nah, you're it, back. You're back at it in six weeks. That's nothing, man. 
let's uh let's dive into the race man we've we've actually yeah. talked about most of our 250 points um definitely want to give a shout out to to vial like i said uh if you have a spare jersey 16 looks good man god it I, does i, I was it, thinking about that during the race like, there's certain numbers that just look good on a dirt bike 39's one of them 88's one of them uh 125 is a beautiful looking number on a dirt yeah, bike it's clean 16. Yeah. 16, 16 looks a, good. A solid and then, one. What's weird to me, 16 looks better than 19, and it's not that much different. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with like, that. I don't know why 16 looks better than 19, but 16, one of the, like, just aesthetically pleasing looking dirt bikes. Yeah. I definitely like the, uh, I also like I, 21. Fast yeah. Number yeah. I, a running back number. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. 16's always been like a quarterback number. So, yeah. But, uh, Except now, because they changed the rule, and anybody can be whatever number you want. Anyway, shout out to Vial. You know that because... two guys can wear the same number in college football on the same team, as long as they don't play offense and defense. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so they like roster like ninety guys. I found my vented plate vent session. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, besides that, you know, I, I said uh, McAdoo does look recovered uh, from his, you know, nutty injury. Yeah. Um, so everything seems to be hanging right on that. He's is, back. He's ready know, to go balls out again. Good to hear. Yeah. To the wall. And so, um, the but a couple of, do what? To the windows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, let's talk about the 450s, man. We, we yeah. said Coop is, Coop does Cooper Webb things, man. And I think, uh, I think Arlington was the perfect setting for it. There was a lot of, a lot of confidence, at least in that location. Sounds like he was struggling a little bit personal, but, um, I think that, what Cooper said in his interview is why Cooper Webb going back to star racing was dangerous. I don't think you see Alden Baker and the, the KTM people, you know, doing anything more than like, you know, believe in yourself. You can do this, isn't it? Whereas I see Swanee and all of the people there at star being like, Hey, you, you're a bad motherfucker. Like, I know that's what Cooper wanted to say. Hey, pull your head out of your ass. Wake up. Stop feeling sorry yeah. for yourself. Like Cooper kind of needs to be slapped around a little bit and pissed off. And and they did it, and clearly it showed. Like I said, I, I mean, whether he was going to track down Jet or not, he was there in the position. That's right. what. That's that's how you win championships. That's that's what gets the job done. So I think uh, what I'm hoping is this is the start of a steamroll. Uh, Cooper was is, strong at Daytona. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, is Cooper Webb voted voted most likely to jump off a bridge if his friends did it too? Maybe if his, if his if his friends were like you're a pussy if you don't he jumps. I think as long as they jump first, yeah, yeah, I don't no, think he, they're he's, in it too. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't think he's he's scared to do it. And I think it's if anything, it's like uh if Cooper had jumped off that bridge before and then he's like ah no I don't want to do it. That's where it's kind of like I'm sorry I thought you were Cooper fucking Webb like yeah, sorry yeah. I guess I'll go no. pay attention. And to I, the, I'm, the, I'm saying this in like the most like complimentary way possible. Yes, like yeah. when asked to rise to the occasion. By he his does. peers, Cooper Webb has the innate ability to be like, like, like you said earlier, doubt me, I fucking dare you. Exactly, and I mean, I, I, I will, I will. Which obviously, being a North Carolina guy, I've gotten lapped by him many a times. I've, I have always been a huge Cooper Webb fan, but Charlotte MXGP when he went toe to toe with Hurlings, mm-hmm. dude, That's that was Hurlings too. That's like not oh, beat the hell. I mean, it was just. It was so cool, and I mean, to just do it in front of your hometown and everything like that. Cooper is is a, a pressure makes diamonds type of guy, man. He he needs yeah. it. He feeds off of it, and I think, um, I, I think this is. I'm hoping that this is the start of some serious momentum towards possibly a third title. Um, but the MXGP season. We gotta talk about. Uh, we gotta talk about ET3, man. The beast mode was 
almost immediate. I mean, I feel like when we've seen it before, it takes a takes a little bit to get going throughout the race, but man, it just seemed like early on he found something and not only did I like the way he was riding, I think to hear that interview was was I think it shows, man. It, he's sick of the I think all these guys are sick of the jet hype. They're sick of being written off. And especially for Eli being out of it while all of that other stuff was going on, you got to feel that he believes this, this hype wouldn't be there if I wouldn't have been hurt. Like, Oh yeah, no, it's, it's no different than, uh, like Kevin Windham watching the 2002 outdoor two season, season yep. being like, yeah, like who do you, who Darcy beat Kyle Lewis? Like get fucked. Like, yeah, I, like if I was there, that wouldn't have happened. And I'm not trying to throw shade at Ricky Carmichael, but like, yeah, like it's the same scenario. Like yeah. Kevin Windham looking at O2 is is Eli Tomac looking at that perfect season last year. Like you wouldn't have that if I was there. And yeah, I, I think and, that's and, fair for him to say that. Like obviously like yeah, ifs and buts, but at the same time like you can't argue with the fact the guy's got what? How many like he's got three or four 450 titles? And a 250 three, title? I believe. Three? Yeah, and, and they were consecutive. Four, yeah. Well, and that's I I mean it's it's the proof is there, right? Like he has shown, especially outdoors. He, he's got four. He's, I need a three on a Cowie and then one outdoors. And then one on the Yamaha. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it's, it, it's, and this to me, or uh, Eli is very quiet in the camp. I don't think that you were, I don't think that anybody was really getting a ton of updates on the Achilles. I don't care how close you are no. with them. They're keeping he's like that Superman. Shit close. Yes. He like goes it's, into his fortress of solitude. Yes. He, and, and I think. I think that's why he's he listens, one of the most. I bet he listens to this podcast. I bet he's well, a power hour like loyalist. He's just playing us in the background, just grinding on the cycle. Just, yeah. yep. John Tomax just sitting there. More, more. We yeah. gotta. He's watching Men like Warriors. Men Warriors. I won't let you down, Pop. And he's got the <laughs> he's got the the thing hanging on his mouth. Now they're but, uh, Yeah, but uh, no, I, I I like to see it. I'm a Tomac fan and. I think you just messed with the wrong person coming into Daytona. Does that front tire touch the ground if they have rollers? Like, I think it's it's all out. I think we're gonna see an ass whooping in Daytona. How about Cooper Webb? Like, like this is this is like the um the ultimate tip of the cap. You just won a Supercross, and in the press conference, like, hey, I just, I just won. The guy sitting next to me, we're going to his house next. Like, yeah. he's like, yeah, like uh, Daytona's like Eli's place. So yeah. like, when you're Closest competition admits that the next coming up track is like 100% your house, even though you don't live anywhere near there. Like he's not even yeah. an East Coast guy. Um, that has to put some wind in your sails. And he's spending some time in Florida. He was there this last weekend prior. Maybe that, that would also was like, maybe like Eli was hanging around Deegan. And then that was why he like, he, he came out with like the, the energy during the, 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 yeah. the interview. He's like, like like Eli was getting some lessons from. Uh, they're in there carrying the boats and logs, listening yeah, to Goggins, yeah, yeah. just getting, like getting fired up. Goggins or this like yeah. you can't hurt me, some bullshit like that. Yeah, it's um, it's gonna be interesting to see. Maybe I, I mean, it's time to listen to that David Goggins book. Like, I'm not yeah, on. Can't, the, can't hurt me. I've got he, it. Yeah, it's a good book. Have you? Have yeah, you no, I'm I'm a I'm a big David Goggins fan. I, like yeah. I said, Andrew Tate. I'm not a huge. I don't fuck with that. But yeah. um, no, Goggins. Goggins is so real. Like it's it's almost like unreachable like it's like yeah. i think you have to have people like goggins on earth for everyone else to have something to strive for uh jocko willink another great navy seal unbelievable 
Very, very well spoken. He's, you he's go one walk, of my run through walls. Listen to Jocko first thing in the morning. Good. Everything just good. Yeah. Something go wrong. Tear your Achilles. Good. Now you have an opportunity to dethrone Jet Lawrence. Like, yeah, it's, uh, take it's that, take that motivation. Yeah. Bury it down deep. Use it. Re-engage. Yeah. Re-engage <laughs> yeah. your mind. Re-engage yeah. your body so that you can be the best person you know how to be. See, that's Jocko. Whereas Goggins is just like, quit being a bitch. Run till you bleed and then yeah. run more. Where's the pull-ups? I ran on broken legs. Yeah. He's got, he's got Eli Tomac just behind the gate with a pull-up bar, just fucking repping them out before they told him just how come justin hill doesn't doesn't like like shadow box anymore or at least does he still shadow box and we don't show it i don't know it's uh is i i think maybe some of the boxers got a hold of him because i don't know how the form was okay okay then we're gonna close the podcast with this we're not gonna do the event sessions because we didn't write anything down uh I'll, i'll say this my only event session if you go to the gym and you don't have a lock for your locker don't put your shit anywhere. Don't just put your shit in the lock without a you you are guilty. I know you hey, are. Hey, look man, I pay to go there too, all right? Fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, go get yourself a 2 cent lock and lock don't your look shit at up because I don't want to have it's... to open the thing and I see your stinky like it's it, like whoever's doing that, it's never someone who's like their stuff smells good. You always open it and it's just like it's, it smells like like wet dog and you're like great. I don't put awesome. I don't put nasty stuff in there. I just put my bag in there. But it's Perfect. like don't yeah, go to sixteen. It's just I'm gonna, I'm don't go to one sixteen. Yeah, I appreciate it. There we go. And I'm gonna I'll give you the combo to it. Every number ninety five locker I can find, I'm just gonna fucking take that thing just so you can't. Do you take the ninety five lock? Do you like do you take the sixteen locker if you can? Dude, I have the number sixteen tattooed on my body. I have 16 letters in my full name, man. I was made for this number. Yeah. You're ridiculous. See um, how far it's gotten me? I know. Um, I can't even remember what I was going to finish things off with. Damn it. This is good. And that's how we end it, folks. That's how it happens. What were we talking about, though? I don't know. You were about to say we're going to end it with this. You were going to lead into something. You had it all mm. planned up. Mm. The anticipation's building. Oh, now I got it. There it is. Uh, what was the last year that Josh Hill raced the 250 class? Josh Hill. Did he race the 250 class? Yes, of course he did. I'm going to say 06. 2020. For Club MX. I don't recall it much either, either, but our buddy Joey Crown posted, reposted like a, a video of him. Like, I think they were battling for like a heat race win or maybe an LCQ win. Could have been either one, but I'm like, it was like a reel he posted last week. I'm like, when the hell did just Josh Hill race 250 zoom across? And he's like, he was my teammate in 2020 on club. Wow. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I do not uh, remember that. Right over my head. Yeah. Like there's but, certain things that are like locked in the vault that I like I just never getting out of there. But like there's there's stuff, certain stuff. I'm like, when the fuck was this? Yeah, I don't remember that one happening yeah, at all. But, but no, that's, like, that's uh, cool because I know he was Josh doing a lot of riding out there in the 250 class. Like he he turned pro like that Yamaha. Wrote, like yeah, that like, uh, that whole deal was was pretty yeah, wild. Because he didn't, didn't go to did, he didn't go to uh, the um at that time it would have been the Yamaha Troy. 
He went straight to the no, factory. No, he was factory Yamaha. It was him and Chad, yeah, I remember. 250, yeah. Yep. Him, Chad, yeah, that... and, uh, and Langston. Really? Not in 06. I was about to say. Like, yeah, it was just yeah. him and Chad. Was, was DV there in 06? I think DV was there, but like wasn't racing. Maybe. I don't totally remember. Maybe. I think he was hurt. I was about to say, was he hurt? Oh, no, wait. 06. 06, he's on Valley Yamaha because he gets second at Millville in the mud, and that's just on like a privateer Yamaha. So I think yeah. it might have just been Chad. I think you're right. Huh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because that won the Great Outdoors movie, uh, yeah. Industrial Strength. It's just Josh and that's Chad in it. No, oh, that's, that's 06. That's 06. That is 06. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. Industrial Strength is 06. See, it's all just the Great Outdoors movies. That's my entire basis of motocross, pretty much. You might want to like like widen your horizons on that then. All right, Supercross behind the dream. I'll, I'll watch <laughs> <you again. laughs> All right, guys. Well, this has been another Verb Moto Power Hour. I'm gonna let you bring it home, Brad. Like I said, yeah, this is a 90 straight minutes of bullshitting. 60 back minutes and forth. worth of yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about crashes. We talked about riding gear. We talked about crashes of different guys and the fact that. Um, I, as much as I love Max Anstey and I think he's a great rider and a great interview, I, I, I don't love him to, to continue to hold the red plate, but I have been surprised before. Uh, and you, you and I will reconvene not after Daytona, but after the following round, which is, I believe, the first Alabama Supercross in the history of Supercross. You're the historian of Birmingham? the two of us, Yeah, it's but, in Birmingham, correct? Yeah, yeah, Birmingham, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, uh is it, is it Birmingham? Birmingham, where the Peaky Blinders are from. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, with that, see you next week. See ya. Welcome to Best 42 in the land. All ages from kids up to grown men. Walk through the gates of the coal miner's daughter to make a point clearer than the creek water. Who's the best? Who's it gonna be? In Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. Can you feel the adrenaline? Dirt flies hypnotized by the whispering. Hear the crowd, everybody's whistling. Line on the bed. If you can put it all together three times, this one we can And rowdy fans play the national anthem, and everybody stands. Smell the smoke from the two strokes riding by. The 30 second cards on its side. Could you?